Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Calling for both sides to de-escalate only gives Russia a pass. Russia is the aggressor here. Russia's attack on Ukraine is tantamount to an attack on the UN and every member state in the chamber tonight. Now that's the ambassador to the UN from the United States and that statement has been driving me nuts. Her statement to the Security Council, which is headed up by the Russian Federation. True story, I couldn't make that up if I tried. The Russian Federation is the head of the UN Security Council. That is a that is a joyous piece of information that people don't have. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is uh, the, the, the number right there. You can be a part of the show. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And she makes this statement, which is half, per- I mean, perfect and half just out of control. The half that's perfect when we're talking about this invasion, this invasion by the Russians into Ukraine, and we're getting more and more stories about what it is they have a hold of, I am hearing stories that they have Air Force bases. This is a full-scale invasion, but it was a full-scale invasion when they just took the two areas in the Donbass region. It was still a full-scale invasion. It is what it is what it is. To be clear, this isn't that both sides have to de-escalate. The Ukrainians have nothing to de-escalate. They're just going to get destroyed. They're just going to get throttled. They're just going to get ruined. They're just going to get crushed. That's what's going to happen. It is the Russians who have to de-escalate. But the other part of that is, if she's now going to make a claim that the UN has to respond and react here. Russia's attack on Ukraine is tantamount to an attack on the UN and every member state in the chamber tonight. It sounds like she's act- she's asking the UN to go to war. Now, which is a weird thing to do because that's not how it works. But that's what it sounds like, which is, well, not necessarily the answer. Now, is it? Not necessarily the answer at all. And certainly you don't want to be committing the United States to that, do you? I am in favor of the safety and security of Ukraine. I'm in favor of arming the Ukrainians up and down the line, as former Vice President Mike Pence has stated. But I am not in favor at all or in any way. I am 100% not in favor of this idea where we have... uh, Where we have the U.N. saying, uh, you know, everyone's got to do this. That's a weird moment. I think that's a giant mistake. Meanwhile, the latest is that Russia has seized Chernobyl. You forget that Chernobyl was where, where its physical location is. And for those of you who don't know the story of Chernobyl, the nuclear power plant that had itself a, we'll, we'll call it an accident. The area around that, still a ghost town. The horror stories of the fallout from that nuclear disaster. 
which is really a story of Russian failure. It's a story of, of Soviet failure, if you will. Well, they now have control of it. We do not know exactly how bad that can be or what is still there. This goes back to 1986 when uh, that, that nuclear reactor accident took place. This was uh, the forces in Belarus that were trying to seize Chernobyl. Well, they now have it. According to President Biden, the United States and G7 allies are going to hit with devastating sanctions for an unjustified attack. We're going to hear from President Biden what those sanctions are. It was Senator Mike Braun who explained that, you know, the Russians have a $1.7 trillion economy. Uh, If you look at that comparatively, Germany has a $3.6 trillion economy. The United States, a $23 trillion economy. Um, the Russians can be beaten in the, with these economic sanctions. No one is saying no. The question will now remain the sanity of not pushing forth with sanctions when the invasion took place. And the invasion took place two days ago. Why was there no announcement of the sanctions a month ago? Hey, Russia, here's what's waiting for you as an actual act of deterrence. We have dead Ukrainians. And the question before us is, did we have to? We have land masses that are never going back to Ukraine. You're going to be hard pressed to figure out how they redraw lines and do a whole host of things, how that works out. You're gonna be hard pressed to figure that one out. And the Russians are going to make damn well sure of it. The scene is horrific and is only going to get worse. Do I believe that any sanctions announced today could stop Russia? I will tell you that if I was uh, being naive, I would say to you, well, I have to see the sanctions. But I really do think there's more of an emotional play here, and I am not so convinced that, that Russia, that, that Putin stops. I'm just, I'm just not there. I have never, ever been there. While this is happening, you've got people saying, you guys know that China's watching everything that happens, don't you? China is keeping an eye on everything. Not from the Russian side, from our side. So if we take this, the, the Americans will do that. But if I take this, the Americans will do that. So I can take this, 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 and this before it becomes a problem and I have to back off. So I'll only take this, this, and this, not this, 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 and this. And therefore, everything will be fine because I know exactly what they're going to do and we can live with that. And then eventually these things are forgotten. What are we angry about each other for or at each other for? But we still have the land or we still have Taiwan or whatever the case may be. The Chinese are paying full attention as a matter of fact, there was a story about the, the, the Chinese. Uh, they, uh, wait, wait, hold on. Where, where was it? I had the story. Like they, they accidentally leaked something. It was, it was pretty weird. It was a story that China kind of slipped and they accidentally posted their rules on Russia-Ukraine coverage. So this was the Chinese Communist Party. And they, you all of a sudden saw the post of, okay, here's how we're going to view this. Here's how we're going to view that. Here's how we view 
uh, what, what's going on. We're going to take Russia's side, but we're not going to too much take Russia's side. We're going to take part of Russia's side, and we're going to say this, and we're going to do that. And remember, we're keeping our eye on Taiwan, so we don't want to cause a problem here, there, or, 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 or everywhere and, you know, create a, create a problem for, our, for ourselves. We don't want that. Matt Whitaker, good to see you. How, how dare we not be speaking to Matt Whitaker? He's just walking around, minding his own business. Come talk to Indianapolis. You have something better to do. Of course I'm live. You guys know Matt Whitaker. You guys know Matt Whitaker. Served as the U.S. Attorney General, the acting U.S. Attorney General, uh, there for a couple of years. My gosh, sir. You're better looking in person. That's the way you start an interview. You don't, even t- you don't know. Are we live? Of course we're live. So you don't know where we first met, and I'll tell you. We met? You met? We met in Des Moines, Iowa. You were Steve King's Conservative Political Action Conference. Oh, my god! And gosh. you were there probably in 2019, uh, 2020? No, 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 no. 2012, okay, 2013. Okay, yeah, that's right. Are you that's kidding? That's right. We go that far back. You, me, and Craig Robinson? That, yeah, Craig, everybody. It was good. Okay. But you don't I'm remember. I'm freaking out. It's fine. I'm unremarkable. Nobody really remembers... Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable! Yeah, I spoke at a conference that, yeah, that, Des Moines, that, that Iowa, Congressman yeah. Steve King uh, put together. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, we're talking about what's going on with uh, with Ukraine right now, and of course, yeah. that's 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 a big story. But I, I, while I've got you, I mean, you served as, as as Attorney General. Yep. Can I ask you about what you have witnessed over the last six months with Merrick Garland? And the labeling of parents as domestic terrorists. We have a, in Indiana, where, where I broadcast, of course, the show is heard in other places, but a big, big issue with uh, 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 what's being taught in schools and parents fighting back and a lot of pushback from school yep. boards. Domestic terrorists? Is this a first well, for you? Tony, yes, it, it is. And remember what this administration has done. While the Trump administration went after international terrorists, drug trafficking organizations, violent crime in our major cities, this administration has labeled two priorities for the Department of Justice, teachers at school boards and airline passengers. So those are the, right. the two named priorities for the Department of Justice. It is like the world is upside down. And I, I don't, you know, I think about what's going on in our major cities and the lack of support for law enforcement to do their job and to, to reduce violent crime. And the Department of Justice is nowhere to be found. And it's sad because they want, I know the men and women of the ATF, FBI, and otherwise the rank and file agents want to help they want to help their communities but this department of justice won't let them this leads to something that we discuss often which is the lack of faith in our institutions mm-hmm. you you're, you you study you're, you you're watching it you saw people not yeah. start to not yeah. believe in 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 what it is an organization like that you ran yeah. for a while uh do what happens when the country doesn't believe in the institutions that are supposed to take care of it well the the society starts to erode and that's i think unfortunately what we're seeing in especially these democrat controlled major cities um i was there when the fbi i think a lot of americans lost faith in what the fbi stood for um and that's and that is hard to earn back because that level of trust is very difficult um to earn in the first place and once it's gone, it's almost impossible to get back. And this is where, you know, federal law enforcement, especially the Department of Justice, is going to have to do the basic blocking and tackling of law enforcement, of doing their jobs on a day-to-day basis to earn that back. But it's going to take a long time. How would you describe what James Comey did to the FBI? Well, his arrogance just almost destroyed the FBI. And he was, uh, you know, he, he thought he wore a cape. He thought that his uh, intellect was superior to everyone else. 
And he started to play the game and put his thumb on the scale and take investigations up to the executive seventh floor at the FBI instead of letting uh, the men and women at the FBI do the investigations who should do them. And as soon as you do that, you corrupt those investigations. Talking to Matt Whitaker, former acting U.S. Attorney General under President Trump. You're here at CPAC, Conservative Political Action Conference. Of course, Ukraine is taking a lot of the conversation. Yeah. But, of course, there's the conversation about Trump-DeSantis. And then there's the conversation <laughs> about how you win 2022. I'm not going to ask you Trump-DeSantis. I, I was just with President Trump last night. I don't think anybody doubts where I'm at <laughs> on that. Here, here is the, 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 the question. How do you suggest to the activists and to others how the policing law enforcement conversation should be had in terms of the election? Because well, you've got the defund police side, yeah. I, mean, I don't have to explain it to you. You know the, the story. Well, this, so this, we're at an interesting moment, and I think you can, you can put this in a broader narrative. The left has always run for election and not said exactly what they stood for. They've always kind of used flowery, inclusive language, but they never like, stood for the policies. And then when we elect them as a country, they execute these very radical, extreme things like defunding the police. But now they have been exposed as to standing for those, and they're trying to hide from what they actually stand for. But there is no doubt uh, what they would do. The, the, whenever a police officer is injured or killed in the line of duty, you never see any politician from the left. You never see Kamala Harris, who is the chief, federal, uh, chief state law enforcement officer in her home state of California, ever speak out in support of law enforcement. It's that the voices are silent, and, and yet... You know, when you have these fiery, mostly peaceful protests in our nation's cities, you see them encouraging paying for the bail and, and otherwise supporting those efforts. I, I, it's just, you know, to me, uh, there is no doubt the men and women of law enforcement know which party and which candidates support them and have their back. And there was no doubt when I was serving in the administration with President Trump that he stood with the men and women of law enforcement. You're the one who said that you were with President Trump yesterday. Is he running in 2024? I, I was in a very small dinner last night so with that's him. A yes? I was hanging out at uh, Mar-a-Lago. I don't think there's any doubt that he enjoyed his time as president, that he left uh, business unfinished, and that um, if uh, you know the, the the stars align and the good Lord willing, I think you know I would I would like to I would like to see him run, but I don't think he's made that decision. In fact, he's very clear that he hasn't made that decision yet. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm uh, one of the co-chairs uh, of his super PAC, Make America Great Again Again. Uh, we had some great candidates that Trump has endorsed uh, at Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Was really impressed by those candidates. And uh, I thought we, you know, I saw Herschel Walker. Uh, right. It was good to see him talk about where he came from and his personal beliefs. Saw Kelly Chewbacca from Alaska, very, very good candidate. Uh, and just so many other great candidates that the president has hand-selected to uh, advance the America First agenda. Matthew Whitaker, I appreciate you taking the time, former acting attorney general of the United States, that you remember we did that event is the, it, I don't even, I don't, I don't know what to say. I am rarely speechless. I probably that, still have your business card, so I'll have to track that down. If, if you do, if you do, you can have the bottle of Four Roses. <laughs> right. that, I've been eyeballing that. that. If you want a drink, I will, I will pop it <laughs> no, open right now. Right. I've been waiting for, for my, Everyone's like, no, nah, no, nah, not me, not me. If I yeah. would just start drinking it, everybody Is it afternoon? Like, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, it's afternoon. You're good. You're safe, sir. Matthew All right. Whitaker, I appreciate Tony, the time. Thank you. Good More to, to get you. to. I'm Tony Katz.
Live from CPAC in Orlando, Florida, presented by Relay Indiana, this is Tony Katz Today. CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz Today, it's good to be with you, presented by Relay Indiana. Ted Cruz walked by like he was on a mission. So, I don't know what his story is. But with everything going on with Ukraine, you might find, and by the way, Ukraine, Ukraine, I sometimes say it both ways. You might find there's a whole host of senators who are winging their way back to D.C. There's going to be conversations about the use of force, people. There's going to be conversations about what it is we're going to do and how it is we're going to do it. But we'll get to more of that in just a moment. There are some other things going on in the world. And yes, they do involve this subject. But there's also the fact that Tom Brady's become an actor. And, and uh, uh, producer Ari, I'm pretty sure I lost the bet on what Tom Brady was going to do next. What was your bet? Uh, I would have bet he would have played quarterback for the Colts before becoming an actor and producer. Oh, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's been in some cameos and some movies. I could see it. He's been in a subway ad, too. I don't think that makes him, you know. If you have $100 million, you can buy your way into an acting career. This is uh, true. Uh, he is going to produce and act in a film called 80 for Brady, which is a football-themed road trip comedy starring Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, and Lily Tomlin, which I, I guess is, uh, what was the name of the movie with Tim Allen and, and the rest? Something Dogs. The Shaggy Dog. It wasn't Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog. Scooby-Doo? No. no. Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed? Oh, I thought of Scooby-Doo 2, Electric Boogaloo. That's what, I, that's what I thought it was right there. What Old dog? Old dogs. It was Wild hogs. Wild hogs. No dogs. Wild hogs. This is the female version of wild hogs, but they can't call themselves wild hogs. So they call themselves 80 for Brady. Inspired by a true story... Brady tells of four best friends and New England Patriots fans who take a life-changing trip to the 2017 Super Bowl to see their quarterback hero Tom Brady play and the chaos that ensues as they navigate the wilds of the biggest sporting event in the country. Okay. I've seen everything. There it is. Joe Biden set to speak about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. When he does, we will have it for you live and in full. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. Live from CPAC in Orlando, Florida, presented by Relay Indiana, this is Tony Katz today. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I've just come from a meeting of G7 leaders joined by Secretary General Stoltenberg of NATO. And with permission, I'll update the House on our response to President Putin's onslaught against a free and sovereign European nation. Shortly after four o'clock this morning, I spoke to President Zelensky of Ukraine as the first missiles struck his beautiful and innocent country and its brave people. And I assured him of the unwavering support of the United Kingdom. And I can tell the House that, that at this stage, Ukrainians are offering a fierce defense of their families and their country. 
and I know that every honourable member will share my admiration for their resolve. Earlier today, President Putin delivered another televised address and offered the absurd pretext that he sought the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. That's Boris Johnson speaking in front of Parliament. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today we are waiting on President Biden to speak about the latest regarding Russia and Ukraine, the invasion from the Russian forces. This is what's happened. We're going to hear more about sanctions. What are those sanctions going to be? And why weren't they delivered two days ago? And why weren't they delivered two weeks or two months ago? Is possibly the better question. But Vladimir Putin said something yesterday in his speech, and I took it one way, and I had a conversation with retired U.S. Army Major Mike Lyons about it this morning, and he took it another way. What Biden said seemed to me to be wholly uncharacteristic. He made the statement, and I'm paraphrasing here, that if you, the West, meddle, get involved, uh, you will feel a pain the likes of which you have never seen before. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. And I took that statement as very odd because that statement is very Joe Biden. It's the kind of talk that Joe Biden was making over the last couple of months. It's his tough guy routine. I can't imagine why Putin would engage Biden's tough guy routine in almost a verbatim way. When it showed Biden as weak, I I thought it was... I thought it was a lack of study. I thought it was a, a big miss for a propaganda guy. Major Lyons took it differently. He said, no, nah, I don't think that's it. He said, I took it as his Khrushchev moment. And I said, oh, Nikita Khrushchev, saying of the Americans, saying to Richard Nixon, we will bury you. Was that the moment he was going for? And if that's the moment he's going for, can you imagine the straws that Putin is grasping at? We will bury you. Was Khrushchev in the 70s? Who buried whom? Who buried whom? We buried the living snot out of them. We destroyed the Soviet Union. There is no Soviet Union left. There is no Soviet Union anymore. So maybe that was it. Maybe he was trying to tough guy the thing. I'm not 100% sure. I really don't have the answer there. It was one or the other. Take your pick. But we're going to hear from President Biden. We're going to hear what he has to say. We're going to see whether or not, whether or not, we've got, we, we, we have sanctions that matter. We have a position that matters. We have a... A, a force that matters. And will that force be in Ukraine? The answer has got to be no. More troops to uh, Poland. The answer is probably to the whole of Europe as well. President Biden is set to speak. When he does, we will bring it to you live. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz.